0: Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host Ken Lane. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here every week about the landscapes of Northern Arizona and spring is here. Had this beautiful weather front that came through the wildflowers are going to go crazy. So you've had, uh, if you were planting wildflowers, uh, and I'd mentioned that January, February, March, that's the time when you put wildflowers in. If you do them immediately, the next couple weeks, you'd have a shot at having wildflowers this year as far as by seed. Of course, we sell wildflowers, the starts, they're in full bloom already. So California poppies, one of the most famous of all of the wildflowers. In fact, entire hills will be covered in this beautiful orange flower. You can. I've got a straight mix of just California poppy. We call it the poppy magic mix. Uh, it's got orange, red, white, apple blossom. It's got lots of different colors of poppies in this one mix. You want to put that out so that the seed have time to freeze and thaw. I'm sure we'll have one last frost before May. We just always do, typically. There's nothing to forecast, but poppies need to have that freeze and thaw cycle to crack open that hull. That's why it's so important to put those in earlier while there's still cold going on. Uh, And then you pray for rain, which we had this week. It's going to make everything germinate just like that. If you're late to the party and we don't have, if I were to, if you come in and, and I help you with wildflowers, what I would suggest now is before you throw them in, uh, on, on the ground, I would throw them in the freezer for a couple of days and then bring them back out. i let them thaw for a couple of days. Then i put them back in for a couple of days. I would artificially put them through this scarifying freeze, thaw, crack open the hulls. I would do that for a couple times. and then I would put them out in the yard. It seems counterintuitive, but what you're doing is is what gardeners do. we we help plants do better than they could be, do by themselves. And so this is a real quick gardener technique that really ups your game as far as germination rate, uh, how to get them to really go any. not just the poppy mix, we sell we custom make four different types of wildflowers. be a good time to do it, but, because I don't know there's nothing on the for, in the in the forecast for freezing uh, at this point, hopefully we don't. I mean, I would love to have the fruit trees are in full bloom right now. It'd be great to have huge apple crops, peaches, apricots, nectarines, plums, pears, cherries they're all they're all going to be in bloom in the next really week or so. so it's such a good time to put fruit trees in. But then you don't want frost to happen while they're in bloom or they've set fruit. And when the fruits are real small, they're sensitive to freezing temperatures. That's why we cover the trees sometimes. That's why we'll put a a shop light in the middle of the tree. You think your neighbors are crazy, but no, those are gardeners. Gardeners have a bit of crazy in them. So they're just putting a, a heat source in the middle of that tree so that if we do get frost, it takes the edge off. You'll see some folks put Christmas trees to light lights. Any heat source, any amount of heat will keep that, will make that the way the convection happens through that tree just helps the tree have air movement going through. So frost doesn't come in light on those on those flowers, on that fruit. It's an easy trick. Another one, if you happen to see that just while I'm on that same topic, good time to put fruit trees. If they're in bloom, don't worry. There's ways to get out of this, lighting, covering. Another trick is just water. If you hydrate plants when it's getting cold, it takes that edge off. It'll get you down a good two, three degrees. It'll get you down to just simply watering your plants. Water the ground underneath that tree, uh, under those berry bushes, underneath that grape. It will take the edge off. It'll get you down to 28 degrees easy without getting damaged or very minimal damage. Then if you cover that in addition, that'll take you down to mid-20s. And we're not going to see colder than that at this point. It's just getting nicer and nicer. The days are getting longer and longer. And so it's just kind of where you're at. That's why for wildflowers, going back to where we started, it's a good time to put wildflower seed down, but I would I would artificially put it through this freeze thaw cycle simply with your freezer. Throw it in there for a couple of days. It's not going to damage the seed. It doesn't do anything to them. It actually increases the germination rate and then bring it back out. And then a couple of days later, put it back in and then go plant them. So that really will up the the germination rate on those seed. Of course, if you miss it all together or you just don't want 200 feet of wildflowers. So you just want a little patch, a little container. We'll just put one. We've got just poppies already in bloom. Just put a plant in. You're good to go. There you are. It'll it'll force new seeds coming out. Another one I really like. One of my favorite white perennials that are wild. They just grow wild out, out in nature. It's called candy tuft. Candy tuft is your parents. It's just this white it's not even knee high. It's, it's, it's ankle high mounding perennial, uh, perennial flower covered in white flowers. They always bloom really early in spring. And so they'll bloom for a couple of months. And then it's just this really pretty evergreen perennial. It really does great here. Animals don't seem to eat it because it's growing out in the wild. That plant has trained the rabbits and the deer and things to not eat it. It just has a sap that they really don't they don't like the taste. So it's a good one. Poppies. Animals don't seem to bother poppies. Herbs. They don't bother rosemary, lavender, uh, oregano, thyme. They just don't like the taste of this herbally scent. So if you've got some mammal problems out in the yard, whether it's a chipmunk or a, 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 a rabbit or a squirrel or, or full-on deer and elk, I know some of you up in that those higher elevations, you've got elk starting to show up well, then they, they don't bother those. And so you can have beautiful gardens and be in that wildland forest interface. You just got to be really selective on what you're putting out there. The rest of us, I live in the middle of you know Eagle Ridge, here in the middle of town up by the high school, up in the Prescott Heights area. And so you Prescott Lakes, that area. And so there, we don't have a lot of, there's been so much building that deer have kind of pushed off. We have lots of pack rats and we have We have javelina, that's our main nemesis, and so they've hit my gardens once this spring already, so I'm starting to go, okay, what can I plant the javelina? won't take snapdragons and dusty millers and California poppies. There's quite a few things. In the backyard, we got it fenced, and so the animals can't get in there, at least javelina, deer near out, uh, rabbits sometimes come underneath the fence, but the dogs, the fence is there for the dogs more than the, the gardens. I, my, my nemesis back there are the voles, this little field mouse. He's got a real long nose and pack rats. Oh my gosh. So for me, I've got a trap, a trap line. I've got more than one. I've got a whole line of them where I just keep them, keep them at bay. They get in the hot tub, they eat a hole in the hot tub and the insulation. They they build nests down underneath that built-in grill. They're just not welcome. They eat the cushions. They, you get this beautiful furniture, and the cushions are what costs so much. Not the furniture. It's the it's the it's the pads. Well, rats like to get in there and eat them. That's 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 intolerable. That's not going to happen at the Lane Casa. No way. So I I have traps out that keep them at bay. Out in the front yard, I've got some bait stations. So I've used some zinc-based baits that keeps them out. And I've got little containers that hold them and they've got bait stations that kind of, you put the bait in, keeps the dogs out, keeps things out, keeps the grandkids out. So I've got this line of defense that keeps them out of my gardens because they do nothing but get in the garage and wreak havoc. One that'll watch. So it's warming up this week. One I should put on your your list to, to not freak out And so some of you are new to the area and you've never seen a snake before. I mean, snakes are good. They're good for the gardens. They keep the rats and the mice at bay. And so they're going to be migrating starting probably this week. So they're coming out of their winter nests. So as soon as the temperature gets warm enough, the ground, it's really soil temperature. They start coming up and they slowly, they can move miles, miles and miles. And so uh, gopher snakes. Big, long snake. They can get up to six, eight feet long. They are the best snake you've ever had in the gardens. They eat rattlesnakes, gophers, rats. Uh, just don't freak out. Let them rest. They'll move on. Just kind of let them rest there for a minute, and they'll kind of move on. we got a lot in store for you. Lisa Waters Lane's coming into the studio right after this with your garden questions.
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
1: Go native with Waters' locally grown selection of overachievers.
0: Waters' hand-selected native plants and cactus are famous for continual blooms, natural beauty, and low care.
1: You can do this. A stunning backyard with less water and even less work. And Waters can help.
0: Go native with Waters' selection of overachieving native plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott.
1: Shop Waters' native plants in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com
0: Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are Lilac, Columbine, Purple Plum, and our Prescott Poppies.
1: These silk beauties look delicate, but really one of the toughest bloomers in the gardens.
0: These wildflowers come in vivid colors of orange, red, pink, and white that are ideal for the hard to grow areas in your yard.
1: You're gonna love your backyard again.
0: Prescott poppies can only be found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the mountain gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the family garden center. Welcome back to The Mountain Gardener.
1: Okay, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. Oops, I forgot all my, I got my apron, I got my pins. I should look better than this for radio. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> Lisa comes with your garden questions. So mm-hmm. uh, sometimes we start, we, forget, we don't even know where we're going yet. So, but, but the microphone says we're going. So oh, here well, we go. That's
0: good. Hopefully yeah. both are going okay. Yeah.
1: Q and A, Q and A. What <laughs> Q and are people a. asking about? Yes. Garden Center's been busy. We yes. should tell folks. So there's this rumor that business is really hard, and that uh, you want to, you, you like it's hard to get employees. It's hard to okay. make. But I gotta tell you, if you treat people well, you, you pay you pay fair market, and it's a fun place to work. We've had no problems getting no. staff that are really crazy smart. Like we mm-hmm. just upped our game. We're better than ever. Our crew is good, but more people. I gotta be careful. I could just do nothing yeah. but go down.
0: Yeah, just end up with a big old foot. We mouth. had a
1: record march, record <laughs> like I mean, this is the third year in a row, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm encouraged from a business yeah. standpoint, from gardening, gardening is popular again. It's so nice, exciting. isn't it? It You're is not
0: traveling. So they're
1: they're not, we were always competing with cruise ships, <laughs> yeah. not Walmart or Amazon. Right. We're competing with cruise ships that so we waters garden independent garden centers. Mm-hmm. And so people are starting to travel again, but they're gardening. They found out the therapeutic the it just places. felt better about gardening.
0: Sure, sure. Plus lots of new people in town that
1: Plus need new, new landscapes. People. The garden class was like everyone was new, so mm-hmm. okay. Let's see how many people this year. First season, everyone except for like five. Yeah. So it's kind of exciting to see lots of nice. new faces. Yeah. So anyway,
0: so questions. Okay. First one is from Mallory. She's in Prescott. She nice. wants to know: Does she need or have to, or are you supposed to, prune back salvia, greggy eyes, autumn sage, yeah, and Russian sage, or Good do you question. just leave them?
1: Yeah, so Mallory, what I would do, and this is for any of us. We, we grow Russian sage, which is this big blue spiky uh, shrub, mm-hmm. gets up, I don't know, hip high or so. And then uh, Salvia gregiae or autumn sage is a step down from that, gets mm-hmm. just above knee high or so. And so we pruned ours back because we want them to be shapely, to mm-hmm. be formal, to be pretty. Mm-hmm. They can get kind of a wild, mangy, I'm running across the yard look without it. And so I would say it's they, they perform better if you prune them back and then fertilize them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, <coughs> excuse me, what did we do? So we we actually, um, I cut the Russian sages up about hip high down to about knee high. Mm-hmm. They really cut them back. And then any yeah. runners, suckers, they've kind of a rhizome that kind of runs underground I ripped those out of the ground. So you're not running, you're staying your bounds, you're staying right here, <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. And so now we've got this nice vase-shaped knee-high Russian sage. Mm-hmm. Hasn't leafed out yet, just starting to leaf buds, but it's not quite leafing this next week with how warm it is. It'll be it'll just start growing. The salvia or autumn sage, that we took down about half. So it's down below knee high. Maybe it's a foot off the ground. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It certainly wants to run. Just rip those out. And then it wants to grow sideways many times. It just took the hedgers and kind of forced them to grow up and happy-like, mm-hmm. not laying down and going, oh, I'm just going to crawl over the yard here. <laughs> I want it to be perky and sparky and, 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 and like the you. hummingbirds. <laughs> kind of like me. Yeah, that's kind of what you're <laughs> attracted to me about. Huh? Yeah, that's true. Perky. I'm the perky man. Perky that sounds bad on the airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's how you do it. Fertilize them with the all-purpose plant for that 744 mm-hmm. uh, granular food that's got cottonseed meal, which makes them bloom. Then it's got some bird guano in it, which makes them leaf out like right now. If you just sprinkle that on there by oh, by May 1, they'll be in full glorious bloom. Mm-hmm. And they won't stop until... Uh, I don't know.
0: After Halloween. Yeah. Okay. Go October, into November. November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely. how you do it,
1: Mallory. Hopefully okay. that helps. Come so, in and take a picture. We could show you more. If that helps you more, if that didn't quite, the words didn't, <laughs> sometimes I don't describe where the airwaves <laughs> like I want to come take a picture. We could show you. How. So
0: Mallory, the short answer is yes. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Prune uh, back your sage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next one is from Jay. He wants to know, what is the best way to handle aphids? They're out there on ornamental kale
1: and yeah. broccoli starts. So we had, we had, I was in the backyard with our containers. We've mm-hmm. got aphids back there. I'm going, what is wrong? There was one that was collapsing. Go, what the heck is going on? You take a close yeah. look. Aphids are covered over this mm-hmm. thing. So aphids deserve to die. You should kill them. What the book, what you give you, Google it. They go, Oh, just, Stream it with a strong stream of water, they'll go away. That's not true, they'll come right back within the next that afternoon and be right back at you. Spray if you're going to spray something, spray a death spray, not just a strong stream of water. And what I did, I used triple action. There's an organic neem oil, you organic gardeners, you N E E M neem is what's in triple action. Mm -hmm. Spray that, kind of spritz it especially for things like broccoli Mm -hmm. it's edible so your edibles you want to use organics you want to use organics no matter what whenever you can but aphids are easy to take out just spritz it and they'll be gone just like that you might follow up in like 10, seven, 10 days do it again because aphids come at you so heavy that it's hard to kill them all so you Mm -hmm. come right back again that, that, that triple ax will kill off the eggs And the aphids and a couple spritz should should do you a way to go. You can spray that up to the day of harvest. Right.
0: The thing I've noticed with the triple action, what I recommend people do is once you spray it, wait three to four days or so, you kind of hose the plant down because the way triple action works, the the carcasses, the bodies, (laughs) they just kind of sit there frozen on the leaves. So if you hose it down... Uh, then you can kind of keep an eye on it and see if you need to respray.
1: Great advice, yeah, totally great advice. That's good, yeah. Aphids, just uh, for trivia, they're the only insect that gives live birth, yes. so they can go from one insect to like they're continued. They just walk down the the stem, giving live birth, so they they quickly multiply and they lay eggs and they're winged. So and they're asexual. Oh, really? Uh huh. Yeah, what does that mean? It means they
0: don't need a buddy.
1: <laughs> they just do it on their... Uh, what, a, what a way to be. <laughs> okay. It only takes one.
0: <laughs> it only takes one. And then you have hundreds. All right. Next question is from Alex. He has a three-year-old Deodore Cedar. Uh, it's doing well, but it seems like the colors kind of faded yeah. out of it. He has fed it. Okay. Uh, but he wants to know, is there something else he should be adding to that?
1: So what you can do, so for your evergreens, this goes for spruce, pine, cypress, cedars, all your conifers, the evergreens. If they're off color a little bit, give them the all-purpose plant food, that 744. I would probably do it again for this one because deodore cedars, these are very heavy feeders. They're the mm-hmm. fastest growing of all the evergreens. So they'll grow two, three feet a year. So they quickly screen. They can actually grow out. They can use all the nutrients up because they're growing so fast and they're left starving. Mm-hmm. Feed it again. It's hard to overdo it with a deer or a cedar. But in addition, going back to your question, uh, this is especially important for uh, Arizona Cypress. These mm-hmm. really blue, bl- the silver blue colors. Colorado Spruce, Fed Albert Spruce, rice Spruce. They bring out this, this bright blue color in addition to the all-purpose. So you also give it aluminum Sulfate. Mm-hmm. It's like the magic, it's like fairy dust. You put it on there, it, it lowers the pH. It's very acidic, so it makes the soil acidic. Evergreens love that. But the aluminum, it will pick that up and it makes it very green. Mm. It'll actually put on a, a brighter blue. It'll almost glow at night. It just is that <laughs> bright. Maybe that's a bit extreme, but s- sort of if you're if your plants have gone off a little bit aluminum sulfate for those evergreens like deodor cedars uh, spruce, spruce pine firs if you want more uh, uh, junipers that want to bring out that that silver mm-hmm. color that uh, 2 twofold aluminum sulfate it looks salt and peppered when you're done and give it a handful or two of the aluminum sulfate that thing will look like a million bucks here within three four weeks so just mm-hmm. go woo, oh my gosh look that out of time yep nice hanging with you babe you we'll be back in a little bit uh, ken and Lisa lane the mountain gardeners right after this
0: you're listening to ken lane aka the mountain gardener ken can be found throughout the week in prescott at waters garden center listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens waters garden companion plants of the month are lilac poppy columbine
1: and our purple twist plum. This Arizona plum is the ideal purple tree between evergreens.
0: Blooms in a profusion of pink flowers that precede the deep purple
1: foliage. Large enough to use as a front yard tree and behaved enough to use as a street tree.
0: Plant pairs flanking gateways, driveways, or an orchard-like rose to screen
1: neighbors. Purple Twist Plum can only be found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
0: There's nothing like tomatoes picked fresh from your garden.
1: Waters Mountain Tomato Collection are varieties proven to produce and thrive. Heirlooms, beefsteaks, cherries naturally grown for local success.
0: Completely organic, never genetically altered, and utterly delicious. They're ready for your garden now.
1: You can grow your own this spring, and we can help. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott.
0: Shop Waters in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane.
1: There's a pink tree it's been in bloom for oh two three weeks, almost a month. It's starting to leaf out now. It's called a purple leaf plum. It's been pink. It's up about twenty feet tall, maybe a little shorter than that. It's a very drought hardy plant. Animals seem to leave it alone, so deer and, and don't seem to rub their antlers on it like they would a, a, a cottonwood or an aspen. They just that's just easy to care for. That's been in pink. Uh, the white one right now is. It opened up last week. It's called a ornamental flowering pear. There's several varieties. Bradford pear is probably the one your grandparents grew. There's some newer varieties like aristocrat, capital pear. These are all ornamental, just pretty flowers. They have the pear-shaped leaf, which is a real glossy green leaf to it. Very good shade tree. And then it's the last tree to turn red in the fall. It has a lot going on for it. But it doesn't produce fruit. So the fruiting pears have not bloomed yet. They generally will have those bloom a little later. So we've programmed them to come out later in April. So they're out of the risk of frost. But the ornamentals, they bloom early, right after the purple leaf plums. There's another one that opened up two days ago. That's uh, There's a real bright red, just really rich, deep red really magenta pinks, just really bright colors. Those are crab apples. They're blooming all around the region uh, at, at all elevations from Sedona and Cottonwood, Camp Verde, to Kirkland, Hillside, all the way up to Groom Creek and Prescott, Prescott Valley, Dewey, all, and everything in between. This central highlands area, we're all sort of the same. And all of these plants have been in bloom and, and grow very well here. So they're good landscape plants for this area. So, the crab apples, they come in more diversity. So, pear, they're only white. Purple leaf plum, just pink. Crab apples come from the brightest bridal bright white to apple blossom colors to bright pinks to reds to purples, even. And so, they're all starting to crack open color or in full bloom here at the garden center. They're just looking really good. Good time to plant those. You can see what they're like. There's a, a new one out called Prairie Fire Crab Apple. It's a dwarf. So crabapples grow up to about 25 feet, kind of a good intermediate kind of size, kind of a, an umbrella shape to them typically. The prairie fire has a bright, rich, deep pink to it, but it only gets up to 12, 14 feet. It's pint size, short. They don't form crabapples like your parents or grandparents had. They, they, my grandparents always had crabapple jellies. They'd go out and pick these little miniature apples, and they'd make preserves out of them. are really good. Actually, my mouth just watered thinking about it. Oh, childhood is so great. Crab apples, ornamental ones, they can put on a dime-sized fruit or smaller... Uh, And typically the birds will eat them before they actually drop. They're not messy at all. They're just pretty, bright orange colors, typically in fall. Great shade tree in the summer. Bright, intense colors, flowers in the spring. There's another one that's just starting to go. I was out in Prescott Valley yesterday and uh, there the the red buds are starting to bloom they're the kind of the, the fourth in the wave of color that starts to come it kind of crescendos in in about mother's day with the purple robe locust it's this big tree 35 40 feet tall big shade tree with these wisteria purple wisteria to, to light pink colored flowers that dangle down there's just this wave of different trees that bloom and kind of announce spring. It's a it's a progression. And so when they're done blooming, they'll typically start leafing. And so they can have many colors of the foliage. So, so the golden locust has golden new growth, that's the name. And then it matures to a, to a green, a kind of big, it's a big shade tree, 40 feet tall, th- th- minimum 30 to 40 feet tall. So it's not the size of a cottonwood or a sycamore. These are 70, 80 foot tall. These are monsters, too big for a lot of yards. But a, a golden locust, a purple robe locust, remember that had that blue flower that dangles down. You folks out in the valley areas, Paul and Chino Valley, you're famous for your locust trees. They, they got smaller leaves. They don't get beat up by the wind as easy. They're just pretty consistent, low water, low care kind of trees. Right now, the redbuds. That's another native. That's there's a wild variety called a Mexican or Western redbud. It's short. Yeah, maybe, maybe ten feet tall. Kind of typically a big shrub. Maybe it could get a little bit taller than that if it's really old. But the most famous is the eastern redbud. They're cousins. It's the tree form of that native one that grows here. They adapt really well to our areas. If you're thinking smaller, even the smallest backyards, you could have a red bud, a crab uh, any of these that we've mentioned, any of these blooming trees you see right now, they'll grow in your backyard very easily. They're typically low maintenance. They'll take clay soil or alkaline water, the bright wind. It just takes all of our environment and they adapt and thrive for decades to come. So pick your favorite color and then pick what size do I want? And that's where we can help you. I want to shade my back patio. I want to shade the west side of my wall. I want an accent tree out in my front yard. We can help guide you into the right size of tree. And then you can pick the color. I would say start with the color. And then we'll get you the right size. So that's important. Trees are where you really want to focus your energy, time, and landscape dollars on. Because a pretty tree stays prettier and gets more beautiful. An ugly tree... Just gets uglier with age, so pick the right ones you want to hand pick those for your yard.
0: The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season.
1: Gee, my flowers just bloom too much. Said no one ever. Hi, this is Kenneth Waters. We had a crazy winter and everyone's ready for flowers in the garden.
0: Waters Flower Power is made specifically for Arizona, that gives flowers that extra boost to burst into bloom. It's an energy kick in the plants. Get
1: ready for roses that rule, peppers that pop, and tomatoes that triumph. More power to the flowers with Flower Power at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
0: Growing up in Prescott, we knew spring was here when my grandmother's lilacs bloomed. I'm Lisa Waters Lane, and my grandma would be thrilled with the new Bloomerang Pink Perfume Lilacs at Waters Garden Center. New peak blooms fill the landscape with fragrance of grandma over and over again in the garden. Mine bloomed three times last year, making spring last well into fall, all for under $25. Lilacs like grandma used to grow and better. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener.
1: Okay, we're back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. It's kind of fun to Yourself in the camera. (laughs) At the end of the day, not so fun. No, it's not. (laughs) Anyway, we're we're uh, we're here live in the studio, and we're recording. We're have this with a vlog. We're taking the video piece, and we're broadcast over seven different terrestrial airwaves, different radio signals. You know, you gotta go
0: have terrestrial airwaves,
1: (laughs) 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 towers. It's broadcast over several radio stations oh, okay. and the pot and the internet. Just so checking. there we go. I don't know anymore. No one listens to any one thing. That is true. Consistently, you ask customers where'd you hear about us? From everywhere. They're from their favorite YouTube. their the newspaper, the digital site. There are Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I mean, they're from everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's an interesting thing. It's fun it from a creative artist standpoint super fun to create content and spread it out over the internet everywhere but anyway
0: (laughs) the cloud
1: the cloud
0: (laughs) the ethernet Ethernet.
1: whatever it is called (laughs) today i think it's internet 3.0 now you know we we brought those strawberries in before we start so this is all your segment but michelle said ken you have to talk about these new strawberries we should show them off for the video folks and then describe them for the audio folks it's (laughs) it's a funky new bushel and berry a strawberry
0: so this one's called Rosie bell so you can see the real pretty uh, light pink blossom on there so most strawberry it's a strawberry yeah most of your strawberries the old-fashioned have white it's basically white blossoms. you mean
1: boring well no but these are exciting new edible strawberries so
0: that's Rosie bell yeah. and it's actually an ever bearing so that means that it is going to produce fruit summer through fall yeah so it's just kind of a continual type.
1: I so. did actually try some of these on the table. They're all organic.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, they're they're delicious. They're try really they. sweet. Yeah. Ooh, they're really good. My okay. mouth is watered thinking about them.
0: So that one's Rosie Bell. This is uh, see if we can get a good color of the blooms. That one's Scarlet Bell. There you go. Much darker. There it is. Dark red. Absolutely beautiful.
1: Bright red. I yeah. mean, just like fire engine, only deeper mm-hmm. red. Those uh, would be... Fire engine with the lights on, red. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I was thinking they'd be really pretty in a pot if you had a large pot. Yeah, uh, maybe you got a little shrub or something in the middle, but the strawberries would be really pretty along the edge and just because they kind of drape down do. and fill in. So and those colors are so dynamic, and they would just keep blooming all season long.
1: You know, I, I tell folks too, you know, I need a ground cover, mm, uh, and so I, I we don't think about edibles so many right. times. They're, they're a great ground cover. Oregano, oh, yeah. great ground cover. Oregano, uh, We always say junipers and Tony Asters, but mm-hmm. strawberries and thyme and oregano. are great. Yeah. All of those would weed. do really well. Yeah.
0: Definitely. So, yeah, think outside the box when you're thinking ground cover. Sometimes. Think
1: outside the, the pot. <laughs> I get, well, I can't uh-huh. say pot or the airwaves anymore. You'll get, the flat, yeah. The Facebook will tag you going, you can't talk about pot.
0: <laughs> Containers. Think outside the container. There you go, but yeah. So there's. When speaking of herbs and, yeah. and vegetables, we have a super selection of herbs in right now. So thyme, mints, yeah. uh, oreganos. What else is out there? Uh, cilantro, parsley, there's basil.
1: I mean, they're everyone.
0: Rosemary, there's... lavenders.
1: We've looked at it. So this is an area where we, as an independent. We can grow our own herbs. They're organic. They're so specialized Mm -hmm. and you don't sell a ton of them. And so a box store, they're not interested in that. They want the the best movers. They want that. Basil. That's it. You're going to go to Trader Joe's Basil. That's all you get. Mm -hmm. Maybe a rosemary. We can get really diverse, and, and we've got the expertise mm-hmm. to grow them, and then tell you how to use them. And so we've just said this is a this is a niche that we can we can dominate and mm-hmm. have fun with. Mm-hmm. It's not just some boring. Okay, you can only sell a thousand basil's a year, and you're going okay, another one. <laughs> but we're getting into fennel and 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 yeah. different onions. Mm-hmm. It's fu- strawberries. Mm-hmm. It's fun at this point. We're plant nerds. So we want to have. We want new, fun, different things, so we, we tend to attract plant nerds. <laughs> like to shop here because yeah. we're plant nerds, <laughs>
0: right? Right, and earth, all the herbs really do so well yeah. here. We're like the perfect climate for yeah. herbs.
1: It's, it's the elevation, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. It's the bright sun; they like that. It's the dryness; mm-hmm. they don't. They like that, <clears throat> and then they're just they'll they take our alkaline soil, our water, right? the clay; they mm-hmm. do, they do great, better than anywhere else in the country. I um, think. I would agree. Well, I'm glad we're finally in agreement after thirty five <laughs> years of marriage. We're finally agreeing. We agree
0: on something.
1: Yeah, I'd marry again. Herbs. <laughs> Even just for your herbs, if nothing else. Okay. Well, okay. anyway. Good to we know.
0: Digress. So, yes, lots of uh veggies in right now. We've gotten we've got a lot of still the cool season veggies. So, and you still have time to put in your lettuce and oh, kale yeah, and still get Some um radishes. good crops off of it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, but we're starting to get in some of those warm seasons. So tomatoes, peppers, uh, the trick being if you get them, gay get them. But you can't just throw them out there and ignore them. They're why? Well, because we are going to get some more cold. Well, you're talking to
1: Groom Creek, but or Highland (laughs) Pines, but uh, Dewey probably isn't. Cottonwood Mm. isn't. They're coming over for their Costco run and. We see them, Kingman yeah. will come down to the VA mm-hmm. and they'll stop by. So it depends on what the elevation that you're at. So sure. we're catering to a lot of different elevations. Yeah. But yeah, they don't like to go below 40 degrees. Let's say a right. tomato or basil mm-hmm. or cucumbers, peppers. We've got all those. We can just make sure you got a sheet or something. Right. Or I, I like it just helped a couple before we started the, the show. I've got a, I've got a rolling Basically right. tub. Oh, they good. just roll it into the garage uh-huh. and they bring it out in the day and they're all totally cheating. So
0: yeah, they bring it out in the
1: sun. I'm going, right. Well, have at it. You're yeah. golden for that. We have a
0: neighbor that has she's got a huge rolling rack. Yeah. And she rolls it in, know, <laughs> but she loves doing that. That's yeah. her thing. I'd, so yes, you can certainly get your tomatoes and peppers and all that things now, but, but
1: some some yeah. of them too. Um so so our so how do you explain this to newcomers? <laughs> I don't know. So the nights are really cool. Right. And so you do want to get a jump start with a mm-hmm. few of your summer plants even though we might see some a cold snap, just be ready. Mm-hmm. But if you wait until Mother's Day or in, Memorial Day, we cool down so much that they don't they don't grow as fast as they do let's say in mm-hmm. Minnesota. Right. Once you get past Memorial Day you put them in they grow like crazy, twenty-four-seven, all the time, day and night. Here, they don't do that. Yeah. They only grow during the day, mm. and it cools down at night. Yeah. And so we're notorious for coming into that first frost in October, and you've got you haven't harvested one tomato, and you're bringing this entire plant. You're cutting the plant off, hanging it upside down in your garage, to ripen them up on the vine. You haven't. It just it's, If you can get a few in the ground early, sure. It's gonna help you. Plus, there's that bragging right with mm-hmm. with gardeners, you know. You
0: know what we do have, which what? would help customers immensely, is the wall of waters. Oh, yeah. So it, it's like a little, oh yeah, mini greenhouse kind of thing yeah. almost that goes around the plant. Uh, you it's got little tubes, little sections that you fill with water that heat up during the day, yeah. which we get those nice warm days and then it's going to throw off that heat at night. So yeah. it's just going to protect that plant.
1: So that's a super easy way if you want to get a jumpstart. If start. you don't have a greenhouse, this is the way to have a greenhouse around each and every plant. Mm-hmm. Literally, we've had those around our plant. We start start mm-hmm. with our wall of water, plant protectors. Come in and see us. We can, we can show you how to, how to use them. Mm-hmm you buy them once they're good for 10 years they yeah, last, a, last long a long time, time. Uh, but literally we've had tomatoes growing out of the top of those they'd stand about three feet tall and it snowed <laughs> and it didn't affect them it was great it, it was awesome so this is a cheap. true test yeah. it throws off that heat yeah. the most important thing is it warms the soil up mm-hmm. so the plant starts growing actively faster into the season, so you get a right. bigger plant faster. Into it's like a greenhouse right. around each an individual plant. Mm-hmm. Plant protectors are a great way to start. It's cheating. It literally cheating in gardening. Right. You kind of start that way rather than just chuck them out in the ground. But
0: it's okay to cheat in gardening.
1: You know what? But not cards. I, I think it's good to have an advantage. But cheating's not good to say over the airwaves. <laughs> that's, that's, that's never fair to cheat. But have an advantage. You can cheat with over your, your fellow gardener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, anything, any last thing you well, have? So,
0: you know, we didn't cover anything that I was <laughs> going to talk about. So okay. maybe that'll have to wait till next week. But I was going to talk about crab apples, which are blooming oh, around yeah. town and are yeah. spectacular. So,
1: so next week, I kind of—I'll mention them here. The next, I, I mentioned them somewhat. Oh, so, okay. so we touched on them. I would have gone. I would love next week. We'll go into the depth love mm-hmm. that. Let's yeah. Just kind of go after it. So, okay. Kenneth Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, be back right after. This.
0: Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at WatersGardenCenter.com. That's Waters with two
1: T's, GardenCenter.com. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are lilac, poppy, purple plums, and our songbird columbine. This graceful
0: beauty dances in the shade of the garden, holding its head high, smiling back at you.
1: This bloomer comes back each spring with lacy green foliage promptly followed by amazing two-tone flowers.
0: An excellent cut flower that is both deer and rabbit resistant.
1: So hardy, some varieties naturally call Arizona home.
0: Songbird Columbine can only be found at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.
1: Go native with Waters' locally grown selection of overachievers.
0: Waters' hand-selected native plants and cactus are famous for continual blooms, natural beauty, and low care.
1: You can do this. A stunning backyard with less water and even less work. And Waters can help.
0: Go native with Waters' selection of overachieving native plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott.
1: Shop Waters' native plants in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com.
0: Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: And we are back with the mountain gardener, Ken Lane, your host. And the beauty of having a studio right here at garden Center is when someone really smart shows up at your garden center, go, hey, Steve, that's super interesting. We should share that with listeners. And Steve is with Bailey Nursery, Steve Carlson. He's the sales rep for Bailey Nursery. This is one of the premier tree and shrub grower in the country. Very new products coming out, but I really appreciate your fruit trees. You are coming out with these multi-trunked, multi-varietied cocktail kind of trees. You are explaining it so casually across the street to the staff. that, Steve, you you should share that with listeners. They they want to know that kind of stuff. So welcome sure. to the studio, Steve.
2: Well, thanks, Ken. Yeah, it's good to be here.
1: Hey, you bet. Okay. So, how did you tell us first about yourself? How long you've been in the industry? How'd you get into this? How How'd you become such a smart tree guy?
2: Well, started at uh, Michigan State at the Horticulture Department, and graduated there, moved to Colorado, and started my career in garden centers, moved on to a grower position at a local wholesale grower, been there for went, oh, 16 years there, and then okay. I moved on to a national company um, who currently is Bailey Nurseries, uh, national com- uh, company has three large locations throughout the com- country uh, Oregon, Minnesota, and Illinois. Okay. And we supply the entire country uh, along with Canada and do shipping into Europe. Yeah. Well,
1: I didn't know Europe. Wow, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know Bailey's was that big. Oh, yeah. They're... I know in the western half of the U.S., yeah. it's a big deal. Bailey Nursery, mm-hmm. as far as premier growers of the better plants. Right. Your name is at the top. Yeah, so. and
2: we've, we've worked hard to get ourselves there, and we, we work hard to maintain that.
1: Now explain to, to listeners what – so fruit trees, what, what should they be looking at at fruit trees, and why should they get a, a triple play, let's say, or, or you're braided or grafted types of trees? What are the benefits, and, well, and how would you come up with that?
2: Well, as uh, people wanted to put more in their yard or had smaller yards – and they still wanted to have fruit trees, we looked at, well, how can we put uh, multiple fruit trees, which would help cross-pollinate in a smaller space? And two ways we're going about this is one we call hat trick and one we call triple play. And with triple play is we take three different apple trees and put them in the same container. So you have three separate trees growing in there and they will grow together in that fashion and pollinate each other, um, produce fruit in a much smaller space. Um, Turned out very, very successful in doing that.
1: That's a top seller for us here at the Garden Center. So here at Water, And, and they perform really well. The beauty is one variety will ripen And then the next variety, it ripens Mm -hmm. in a sequence, uh, so you're not bombarded by 20 bushels of apples. You can get this bushel, then that bushel, then Mm -hmm. this bushel. It takes the pressure off of processing that many apples.
2: Sure, sure it does. And so uh, that helps out a lot with with everybody. And you could, at some point in time, they're all harvesting at the same time. So. You can go pick yeah, if you wanted this, you know, a Cortland apple versus a Honeycrisp, you could go and just grab the one you wanted.
1: So what do you have a favorite apple that you like personally?
2: Um, The the one I probably like the most is a Jonathan. Okay, yeah, that's Um, interesting. It's a cooking apple, but it's also you could use it as an eating apple. It's a little bit more tart. But it's a, a definitely a very tasty so apple. So you
1: like tart fruits? Yes, I do. It's I smart. like gala myself. Yeah, okay. It's melting <laughs> your mouth. Makes the best leathers. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Best yeah. uh, apple jams and butters. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. My mouth's watering just thinking about <laughs> it. It's such a good one. Yeah. And it can be an eating apple, too.
2: Right, right. Yeah. So um, the other one we do is the um, uh, hat trick. And that's where you have a tr- uh, an apple tree um, that is grown up as a single trunk. And then maybe two feet up off the ground, we'll graft on a honeycrisp apple. And then we'll go up another foot, and we'll graft a Cortland apple. And maybe then another foot, and we'll put on another apple. So you have anywhere from three to four different apples at different heights on the tree. And they have to be espaliered, so they'll have to stay on that in order to stand up and be good. But then again, it's for a small space. You get multiple apples, and they... Kind of come on at different times of the year, uh, but they self-pollinate each other still.
1: So now, describe espalier. So some listeners okay. may know what that is; some may not. Okay. Then, how do you design or or plant that into your landscape?
2: Um, okay. Well, what it is, espalier, is you have a trellis that the plant is growing on. Yeah. And so it, it's a wooden strel- trellis in most cases that helps support the tree. So when you get it in the container, which would come from you. Um, it already has a small espalier uh, trellis on it. Uh, as the tree grows, you will probably have to gr- increase the size of that so that it's a little more st- sturdy and hold the plant up. But you would plant the whole thing together as one unit when you put it in the ground.
1: Gotcha. I think of it as two-dimensional, so it's it's like a it's like a wall, <clears throat> yes. a trellis. Mm-hmm. And so, it's, you can put it next to a patio. Right block the wind mm-hmm. get the shade and yet you can have fruits on it. Wow. it's very pretty right. they have yeah. the fruit trees yeah. the apples dangling mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. and so i find eventually they hold the fence up right. you put them down fence lines sure uh, that, that's kind of how you use that mm-hmm. now, on the outer edge of gardens flower gardens or right. vegetable gardens mm-hmm. uh, so instead of grapes you're doing espaliered right. apples. apples right
2: yeah. right so it has many uses in that form that you could get it into a, a landscape and and having it on a patio, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, but in a pot, a, just on a pot, because that's on a, a patio, smaller. That is a great yeah, way yeah. of doing it.
1: I've got a peach, a big peach. It's got to have a trunk on it, it's got to be six inches mm. circumference. Mm-hmm.
2: It
1: produces every year, yep. and it shades the hot tub on okay. the patio. And so I just cut it back. I don't mm-hmm. let it get too big mm-hmm. every summer. I just cut it back. Right. It, makes, it looks beautiful. Beautiful. Right. beautiful. So, what other guarded tips can you give from Bailey's? Your garden perspective that listeners would uh, could take away?
2: Um, Well to you know take a when you go out to to garden or or set up a flower bed or a garden just make sure you look at the space you have so you know what size plants to go get and don't look at the plant that you buy in the store but look on the tag and see how big that plant's going to get so that you don't overcrowd and just create a Something more maintenance than you, more, than more you maintenance. need. Yeah. Yeah. And it just won't look good down the road. So always really get a good idea for the space you're going to plant.
1: We are starting to bring in more of your smaller trees. That is mm. like a street tree or in between the property lines mm-hmm. kind of tree. So right. real narrow birches, uh, that your merlot, yeah. red buds, uh, smaller yeah. trees right. that will not overtake their space right. and easy to plant, easy to maintain. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah, with every, you know, home spaces have become much smaller. Yeah, And so to try and get a variety in those home spaces, we've had to come up with plants that are more upright than they are spreading. And those, those you know, the Parkland Pillar birch is a very good example of that. Um, the uh, Gladiator crabapple, a good example of that. All of those fit those bills and create some good character for yeah. your yard.
1: And that birch, was that. what was that the one again? Parkland Pillar. Parkland Pillar. Mm-hmm bright white bark yep tight i mean maybe six feet wide something like
2: that five Five, four to to five five. foot wide yeah
1: and then it grows maybe 15 20 foot tall 20 foot
2: tall yeah gotcha yeah and you don't have to do any pruning or any help any keep up on it it just grows in that fashion on its own yeah just leave it alone and boom it goes to town
1: yeah no maintenance aspen would be comparable Mm. to aspen Mm -hmm. But aspens, they're going to sucker. Right. They're going to come up. They're going to yeah. be more maintenance. Yeah,
2: you don't have any suckering with this at all. Yeah. Um, what you buy is a young tree, doesn't have white bark yet, but it, in a couple of years, the bark will turn white, and you'll be good.
1: Gosh, that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome new trees, mm. shrubs coming out from Bailey Nursery. Yep. Appreciate you being here. Hey. It's really great. You make us smarter. You and thanks for taking <laughs> the time to yeah. talk to listeners. This is okay. super. So this no is. Problem the Thank inside scoop yes so. there we go all right steve carlson with bailey nurseries he's the rep for utah and arizona to get that right or oh, arizona colorado?
2: the mexico colorado the southwest the southwest so basically. there
1: we go here at waters garden center be right back don't change that dial be right back after this
0: you're listening to local garden expert ken lane the owner of waters garden center he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters Garden Companion Plants of the Month are Lilac, Poppy, Purple Plum, and our White Night Candy tuft.
1: Masses of fragrant white flowers cover mounds of perennial green foliage.
0: Extreme heat and cold tolerance, this award winner repeatedly blooms without deadheading for super easy care.
1: Butterflies, bees, hummingbirds are gonna love your backyard again.
0: White night candy Tuff can only be found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott.
1: Waters companion plants for April are purple twist plums, perfume lilacs, columbine, and Arizona galardia.
0: Gallardia is the perfect mountain perennial with huge fiery flowers on a compact plant.
1: She loves the heat and super drought hardy.
0: You can count on this bloomer to show off all summer long in raised beds, containers, or in the garden.
1: Javelina and rabbit proof. This bloomer is a must-have Arizona plant.
0: Arizona Gallardia, found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host,
1: Ken Lane. So if you want a really fun, I mean, really fun garden class next Friday, we're offering a free garden class. It's at three o'clock in the afternoon on Friday and it's uh, lilacs. What are the best varieties of lilacs and other blooming plants of spring? So fragrance. So they're just starting my lilacs. I, I grow white ones myself. I love the white. I love the fragrance. I think they've got a deeper, richer, sweeter smell to them. And that entire part of the landscape is just filled with this lilac fragrance. Of course, the most common, common lilac, that's one your grandparents grew for, for many years, but there's so many more choices. New dwarf varieties, we'll go over all of that, but come, come, if you wanna know about lilacs, you're in lilac country. This is where they adapt really well. Uh, they're drought-hardy, they're minimal care. They don't take a lot of pruning, they don't take a lot of water. You fertilize them every once in a while and they just go crazy. So they're just really adaptive. We just had a butterfly bush show up this week. We've had uh, spireas, barberries, you can go on and on. There's so many and we'll go over all of those. This last Friday, it was peonies. It's time to put peonies in the ground. So we just went over, here's the peonies. Here's, here's what we do, here's how you plant them. Next week, that's the 15th, we've got herbs and vegetables. So we are harvesting, We've, we started late last year a whole series of herbs and vegetables and they're starting to show up now, big tomatoes. I was showing off one at the uh, Chamber of Commerce networking event on, when was it, Wednesday, and uh, showed off this beautiful black creme uh, tomato. Black crim is an heirloom, it's an old fashioned, it's so red that it starts to turn black and it just melts in your mouth. Oh my goodness, it's a good producer here for the mountains. Got a great, great first crop just came in. We'll crescendo, it'll, it'll get more and more and more as we prepare for that April 15th vegetable class, herbal class, uh, herbs grow amazingly well here. And so that that's just, it's every Friday at three o'clock at this point through April, we've got a a garden class there to help you be a better gardener. The last one in April is new flower introductions for 2002. There's some new colors coming out and we want to show those off. It's just something you'll only find because we've grown them for us here at Waters. You get to see the latest, greatest, newest, funnest. If you're bored with gardening, come to that one. That'll be the 22nd of April. It's also time to start Watering, turning those irrigation systems on. So as plants bloom, if that's your cue, so when the forsythia are in that bright yellow flower, the lilacs are in bloom, your flowering trees are in bloom, you go, okay, now it's time to turn the irrigation on. That typically happens the first week in April. And so we're right on track. So you want to activate those those irrigation clocks. You want to water a long time, but infrequently. So a drip system... I'm talking about mostly those irrigation clocks of the drip system. You want to water for probably an hour and a half, two hours for trees and shrubs. They got roots that go down two, three feet. It takes a while to push that water down through the entire root zone. And then you want to only do that maybe once a week for established plants, no more than twice. Even a brand new rose, twice a week's good, a deep soak. So that's the secret. We've got a, I've got a water guide here. If, you're, if, the, if you want more on that, come talk to us. We've got a free water guide. Whenever you buy a plant from us, you get how to plant, how to water. Here's how you care for it. We want to make sure you've got more information than you need to be successful. That's kind of our our claim to fame here at Waters Garden Center. Most of your independents, their plants are higher quality. They truly are. They're they're cared for. We never allow them to get stressed. Then we give the, the information to be successful in your yard. So we're here to help. So, Ken and Lisa Lane, We're here every week, virtually every day, some family members here at Waters Garden Center, and we love talking to fans of the show. You can grow your own vitamins. We can show you how to grow your own vegetables and herbs for a healthier you. Waters plants are entirely organic with plant genetics never altered and non-GMO.
0: Natural vitamins straight from the garden with naturally healthier herbs and vegetables.
1: Healthier plants for a healthier you with plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott.
0: Shop Waters in store or online at watersgardencenter.com.